Who's Ready and hey. Inspiring Teachers. Inspiring teachers. That's our how-to. You're listening to Value Add Value. Inspiring Teachers. Inspiring Teachers. That's our how-to. That's our how-to. You're listening to Value Add Value. Get it. Go. Thanks for checking out Value Adds Value. This is Kyle. Uh, we really appreciate tuning in to this episode, which is uh, a debrief of Wilkie and I's experience from Teacher Heart Out Atlanta. Uh, we can't say enough good things about the organizers, teachers, and participants that we had the chance to meet and work with out in Atlanta. And whatever you need to do, whatever help you need to get to a teacher heart out, please let us know. We'd love to help you. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of Value Adds Value. Be sure to check us out and learn more at Value Adds Value on Instagram and Twitter and theledproject.com. We're recording live from Teacher Heart Out Atlanta. So early thoughts on Teacher Heart Out Atlanta? It is with, with exactly what I anticipated. Um, like, like I said before, like I said it when we were in Vegas, it's like a teacher tribe. I feel that this is a group of teachers who want to return the, the essence of education back to the classrooms. And that is, I mean, that's, that's where, that's my, as, as they say, that's my jam. Because a lot of times we just get too focused on content, content, content. And now that we're not getting good content strategies, I mean, we just said in a reading PD, neither one of us teach reading, but both can see the value in what we're doing, how we can utilize what they're saying to us in our own respective uh, areas. So, I mean, I think it's something that if people got out of their own sense of, um, I don't know how to put it. Hatred for professional development. They can find that there's some really good PDs out there. Yeah, yeah. Were we talking this morning about, or maybe it was yesterday morning we were talking about how teachers were asking you how it was that you got to go to teach your heart out. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and they were like, how do you get to go? I said, I don't get to go. I chose to go. You know, that's the big, most people, most teachers only go to PDs when, when, when they're being forced to. 
and, or just just to satisfy the requirements. And and I don't want to front and say that I haven't been that at times, but especially as a new teacher, like that that was the way I was directed. Like you need to do this much PD to satisfy these particular wickets. So you can, one, get your proper pay grade from the district, and when the time comes, renew your teaching license. Right. And I think we've, we've, we've stripped professional development down to a compliance act versus a true mechanism to target growth. Mm-hmm. Um, professional development, I mean, it's, professional development is just like personal development. I can't make someone want to be a better person. But if a person decides, I want to be a better person, there's tons of things that you can do. I, I was a self-help guru when I was in college. I went to every self-help seminar you could find. Time management, effective communication skills. I mean, all these little weekend, little PDs that at that time, I thought I was just going because I enjoyed being around people and having conversations that will make me a better person. But I'm looking backwards and saying, I've taken that exact same attitude and mindset as it relates to my professional development. I want to put myself in the circle, in as many circles of educators as I possibly can in order to, in order to better myself. So that when I walk, every time I walk into the classroom, that I have that much more confidence, that much more swagger, that when I walk in there, my kids are excited, I'm excited, and it's not, you know, like that red, uh, the, uh, the clear eyes commercials where it's kind of just like that. Come in the classroom year after year. Yeah, the guy, like a Ben Stein from Paris Bueller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Bueller, <laughs> Bueller, the Holly Smooth Tariff Act, which anyone, anyone, yeah, man. I mean, and that's the thing. And and I think a, a thing that I love about Teacher Heart Out is it makes people who you see on Instagram who have big followings and who get you know thousands and thousands of likes on everything that they post which you know we're envious of like we want to get to that point Mm -hmm. but they are such genuine humble people that like you said really have a passion for this profession and want to share what they've learned it's you know it's easy to think that people like Gary, who have almost a million followers on Facebook, do stuff just, just because they, you know, because they're trying to be famous. And can I just stick a pin there with Gary Brooks? Because OMG, I, I, I saw him as the funny content deliverer, and I, and I'll be honest, like I've been following him, and every time I watch his videos, go to his YouTube, and I'm watching the videos, and it's funny, funny, funny. Today, I saw a different Gary Brooks. Oh, so well, market, markedly different. It was much different than what he did in Las Vegas. It, the connection between, again, and when he prefaced it and said, I, I want to talk about what we do already as teachers, but I want to put my, my comedic tw- spin on it. And showing the videos and then talking about the point that the video makes and showing the relevance of what we're doing in the classroom and how what we do every single day and the importance of us being on point. He dropped so many gems today, man. Like my, my, my bag is full right now. Like it's full because of people like him, who again, I overlooked, not gonna say I overlooked him because I've always 
listen to him, but I listen to him with a different lens. Today, mm -hmm. and I told him that today, I said, you're more, I, I get now that you're more than a funny principal. That's what I told him when I hugged him. I get it now. You're more than a funny principal. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when you think about things like that, he's using his own personality style mm -hmm. to encourage other educators who are in their position to find their voice, to find and, what they want. And you know, the thing with Gary is, like, the, the videos are a shtick. Like, the voice he uses on the video is not how he talks. Like, I'm sure, like, when he's back, I think is he, he's Kentucky, right? Mm -hmm. When he's in Kentucky, I'm sure he's around people that talk like that. But when you have a genuine conversation with him, he doesn't have that that much draw or whatever you would say. But he still has the genuine humor. He still has the genuine passion. And, and I think this one was different because he was so much more direct about, you know, the point he made about you have the power to change culture. Can we just stay there for a minute? Because I think that is the that is an issue that all our schools are dealing with. That, and I'm not and I'm not talking about just my school. I'm talking about schools across this country. Um, it's a culture problem because we talked about it several times on the podcast. If you don't create a culture, one will be made for you, and that's true for teachers in the classroom. But it's also true for teachers in their school buildings. And then it's also true for schools within a community and without a, within a district. And I think we have to get to the point where we all start focusing in and dialing in on what am I doing to make the culture in my immediate space better? Because if I make my room better, then that'll show within my school. Then I can help make my school better. And then that will show within the community. Then I can make the district better. One person can like, I mean, like I say, it only takes a spark to start a flame. Well, and, and we've talked about this too. That's how education actually, you know, really changes for the better. It's not, it's not the high and mighty bringing down some new platform or legislation. Do I think teachers should be paid more? Yes, but there's always going to be inequities because every state gets to do their own thing when it comes to education. But it, his words really just spoke to me, and man, it was so good. Mm -hmm. So good. And then you have, you know, we saw Eric and Casey, Eric Crouch and Casey Bethel, which their their presentation was similar but markedly different, um, markedly more vulnerable. Um, I felt like all the sessions I went to today, the presenters were just like, this is what it is. This is where we're at. This is what we believe. And I think that's why I connected. And I think having a personal relationship with a lot of them makes a difference because you know, and I went to Casey and I'm like, man, that was, I mean, that was just you. That was you being real talking from the heart. And I, I just told him I really appreciated that. And, you know, I told Eric after his keynote how much I appreciated the way he um, brought it there. But And then, you know, meeting, I mean, how many conversations that we have with really cool people from 
primarily the South. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I think it, Casey and, and, and Eric, man, I can't, <clears throat> I'm gonna say this, I don't think I've been in a PD where they've asked the participants to assume the position that we often put our students in, crisscross applesauce in a circle and on the going on, on the carpet. And I think when they were talking about building those connections, you don't know what someone else has that offer that can offer you a benefit until you find out who that person is and what they have to offer. And the only way you do that is by starting, a communi starting communication with them. As educators, we have to get out of our comfort zones and get out of what is the rudimentary aspects, the, the, auto, the, the automatic uh, teaching, you know, dialogue and, you know, how's everything going? Oh, it's going. Oh, how's this happening? Oh, it's happening. You know, start saying, how's it going? Well, you know, my kids were struggling today. You know, and I, I love the power of three. You know, I live by that. You know, find someone that, that can mentor you. Find someone that's at your level that can challenge you. And find someone below you that you can mentor. That power of three, when Eric brought that in, that really kind of summed up their entire thing. Because that's all we did. In that entire PD, we reached out to people. We were able to connect with people and connect with, and I love the fact that there were different levels. There were different grade levels, but also different levels within districts. There were department uh, chairs. There were assistant principals. There were district personnel, along with sitting right along the side, crisscross applesauce, with classroom teachers. And I think when you get that sense of, like you said, that vulnerability, 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 use your voice, share your voice, and to hear other people's voice, that in itself is empowering. And that's what teaching is. You know, and, and Casey made the point right there at the end about, you know, you got to be willing to ask the questions. Hmm. If you're not willing to ask the questions of what's going on and face the challenges um, that are happening in your schools, with a mind to try to change it, then you're not willing to, I wish, I don't think that's exactly how he said it, but he basically said, if you're not willing to address the issues and, and talk, if you're not willing to talk about it, that's what he said. If you're not willing to talk about it without complaining, then you're not willing to help your students. Well, you know, my mentor um, shared with me when I was going through my um, complaining fit, he said, are you complaining or are you constructing? Both make a lot of noise. One, no one listens to. The other, everyone waits in anticipation for it to be complete. And that, that's what should drive our conversations with teachers, as teachers. You know, I know some of my teacher colleagues probably don't like the fact that I'm the let's get to a solution person. Don't bring me an issue. Don't bring an issue up around me unless you're ready to go to a solution because my mind sees a problem and automatically wants to say, what can we do to solve this? Not everybody thinks that way. And I think that it is important that as educators, that we become that way so that we can teach our kids that that's what, that's what we're supposed to do. Because complaining teachers breed complaining students. Just like complaining parents breed complaining kids. I love... Just bought a shirt from, 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 from the right stuff, chicks, that says parent is a verb. That means it takes action. 
Teaching is a verb. When you say you're a teacher, that means that you're telling the world, I empower you. You can't empower you if you have a complaining spirit. If your energy is negative, you're not empowering anybody. Well, that's what they need. They need somebody to talk to them stern. They know. First, they need to know you love them. Once I know you love and care about me, then you may be able to say some harsh, tough things. Oh, but that, I, that podcast I did with Donovan Smalls, that's going to come out right after this one comes out. That's what he was saying, man. Like, when you have that relationship with the kids, they they might buck you when you put boundaries up, but they're not going to they're not going to just outright just say, no, we're not doing rights. Like they're, they're not, they will push you back to a certain extent, but they're, kids. but they're not going to push you and push you because they don't see the point. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the example was my first year at, at Stoic. I, I markedly got better over those three years of really having the relationship. So when I had to set the boundaries, the kids knew that I still, you know, where I was coming. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that is where we have to go. That is where we have to go. That's what I love about Teach Your Heart Out, is that it focuses on that holistic side of teaching that says this is a human being. And that's where I start with, with my students. We start there. Let's start there. We're all humans. Take away the fact that I have a degree and, and I, I was hired to sit in this classroom and teach you mathematics. Take away the fact that I'm, that I'm older than you and, I, and, I'm, and I'm considered to be an elder in your eyes. And you're a content matter expert. Right. Take away all of that stuff. Let's strip it to the bare bones. Take away the fact that I'm a man and that you are little boys and, and little girls in my class. Let's go to the fact that we are all human beings with a soul and we share so many common traits that if we focus on what we have in common and build on that and then embrace the differences as, as diversity, as seasoning, as flavor, then we'll begin to move education in the direction that we're supposed to. Yeah. Having a great yeah. conversation with a third grade teacher, uh, no, with, with Amber. We were talking with Amber about mm-hmm. how that, that shift happens when, when kids are in third grade. And, and, and these kids, they, they want to do well, but then teachers want to do well because now teachers are forced because of state testing in third grade to change from being fun. If you, if you poll kids and ask them when they start struggling in school or when they start... Not like as a student, it's, it's, it's third grade. As soon as testing starts, why? Do teachers change? No. Teachers feel like I have to do something different. I have to get you to pass the test because my job depends on it. Well, what about raising up a kid the right way? What about teaching a kid that it's okay to be a good person? What about teaching a kid that it's not okay to sit here and call somebody a name? What about going back to those types of basics? Mm-hmm and keeping that the focus of what we're doing. And in the process, teach them some really cool mathematics. Teach them some really cool reading strategies. Teach them how to use the information that they already have in their own mind, the ideas they only have to generate products and produce things on their own in order to get to a place that they want to be. We have to, we, we, we have to shift. I already, I already decided when I go back to the classroom next year, I'm going to start each class saying namaste to my kids because I think that sums it up you know that I mean because you know we I went into Barry White's uh session today which was just off the chain awesome um 
but you know when you have that greeting I, I love just the meaning and just saying to kids I'm gonna say this to you because this is what I want it to be I want to start every day with me saying my the soul within me the universe within me the good within me however you interpret namaste that I recognize this the soul within me recognizes the soul within you. Salute the greatness. And that's mm-hmm. one thing, like, you know, Vanessa and I had a long talk when we did the podcast with her, and I was mm-hmm. over on her podcast, Empower Teaching Podcast, that that salute automatically tells the kids, I'm not looking down at you. You know, my kids now, when they walk into the room, I, I greet them with, with my hands put together, and, and, I, and I bow to them. And they're like, at first it was kind of like strange. Once I explained it to them, the kids were like, oh, now they do it back. They're doing it back. I'm saluting them. I'm honoring them. It's an honor for me to teach kids. And I don't want to get emotional, but I, it bothers me when teachers don't have that connection with their craft. And when we first started using that word about the teaching craft and becoming craftsmen of education, we said it's because it's a work with your hands. It's, it's a specialty. There's different people. You can have somebody who's a construction worker, who, who's a builder, and who knows how to build a table. You can get anybody to build a table, put four legs on a piece of wood and put it together. But a craftsman is going to take special attention, pay, pay special attention to those details to make sure that every curved edge has the exact same angle, to make sure that every single corner is the exact same angle, to make sure that the table is flat and smooth, and then he's gonna add little ornament, deep ornate details into it that's not just gonna make it a table, but it becomes a work of art. As teachers, we're creating works of art in our classroom, not in the content we deliver, but in the way we build our students. And what are they gonna present to the world when they leave our classroom? When they go out and now they're the ones who are displaying their artwork, what are people going to say about your teaching style based on what you've imparted in the students? You know, I, I told, I, I shared this just the other day with, with a teacher in my school. I said, I'm waiting for the day that districts and states and the federal government said, you know what? I'm going to rate teachers based on what their students say about them. Let's take the administrators uh, right. I, I don't like you. I don't, I like you. I don't like you. You're not part of my clique. You're part of my clique. How many, how many, in your time in Aldine, how many different assessment tools have they used? Four, five? No, two. Just two. PDOS and now Invest. Mm-hmm. I came in with PDOS and then we transitioned into Invest. Oh, right, right, right. And it's, uh, again, not saying Invest is bad. I think Invest is amazing as far as what it measures. It, it tries to get to that, the heart of teaching. It, it makes attempts to. But again, it's not the, 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 the tool that makes the difference. It's the mindset. Put a hammer in a monkey's hand, it becomes a danger. Put a hammer in a craftsman's hand, it becomes a tool that's going to build something. So it, the tool itself is not what's important. It's the person behind it. What is, as a whole, as education, uh, what's our education secretary, Betsy DeVos? Betsy DeVos, yeah. When, when, what is she saying that's going to empower teachers, empower schools to want to shift the paradigm of where education is going? Not much. You know what I'm saying? But we're so focused on, on, on the results, making sure that kids can pass a test, making sure the kids are on point with that. 
but we're not realizing that these still kids are still graduating intelligent because they're born with intelligence, but with no character. And that's what's killing our schools. You know, I love uh, Principal uh, Baruch Kafele because he says, it's not the achievement gap that holds our students back, it's the attitude gap. What do you think about your learning process? What do you think about education? How do we get kids to get excited about learning? In general, think about it. Who does not want to learn something? I don't know a person on this planet who does not want to learn something. So why is it a struggle? We said in that in 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 PD, and you heard so many people talk about the motivation factor with kids. Kids are not motivated. Well, then let's ask, let's start asking the question, why aren't kids motivated? I, I was, I guess I'm not surprised because we both have the right tact, but we were both right there thinking that. that it's not, it's not that kids are not motivated. It's not that a person's not motivated. It's that you haven't gotten to them the right way. Mm-hmm. You have not gotten to them. I mean, and it was like Eric's, Eric's story in his, uh, he talks a little bit about it in our session and again in his, um, in his keynote of, of a student named Chloe who said her parents said all she had to do was show up. But he paid attention. He worked on that relationship to find out that she wants to be a fashion designer. And he was able to build curriculum for her around that and has her engaged in everything. You know, so I, I don't want to hear that motivation is not a factor, but man, it's been such a good day. And um, just trying to download everything. We've been helping out a little bit behind the scenes, and it's been interesting to see everything that goes into putting something like this on, you know, the amount of work that all these people are doing. Um, we're really excited and glad to be a part of it. So um, any, any final thoughts to wrap up our little wrap on the first day, and then we'll come back tomorrow and wrap on the second day. I just want to say the fact that we've been able to have this conversation now in depth the way we have right now, and we've only been here for one day. says a lot about the information and the dialogue that's taking place at this conference. Um, I, I just want to salute Tasha Wright and Lisa, Lisa and Michelle, Michelle and Eric and, and Casey and everybody that else. Whole, the whole gang would teach your heart out, man, because they, they're, they're, they, they get it. They get it. And when, and when Gary Brooks said it, everybody's not going to get you. But what did you do when people didn't get you? When they don't get you, you find people that do. When I was a musician, I couldn't hang out with kids who were not musicians because they didn't get talking about melodies and notes and doing this. What type of community are you engaged, putting yourself in that gets what you are? Again, is teaching for everybody? No, not every teacher in the classroom should stay in the classroom. But every teacher that says that this is the profession that I chose and this is what I want to do, because I want to empower and make an impact, positive impact on students' lives, they need to find that community. Whether it's you're struggling with relationship building, find some great people who, who know really, who know a lot about relationships. <laughs> I, you know, I know two guys that are pretty, <laughs> pretty good whose services uh, are available this plug, summer. Chief plug. Services are out, available. Send an email. De- development project. It's, yeah, send an email to <laughs> Kyle at the LED project.com if you got professional development. <laughs> 
needs. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that is, but I think that that is that is what I love about it. It's, it's a tribe, and we we get each other, mm-hmm. and because we get each other, we, we we can make an impact. Like I'm ready to go back to my school right now. I'm ready to go back to my school right now. Grab my students, give them a big hug, salute them, and and get ready to get after it. And it's the end of the year, so that's another thing. The fact that this conference is happening in March, going into the April, second day, yeah, second to last day of March, and school ends for us in May. I'm thinking now for next year. I'm filling my quiver up right now, so that when next year comes, I can actually just start doling stuff out, man. Like it's nobody's business, and it never stops. Hey man, and, and you know, the thing is, I, and I had a moment today too, where, you know, Eric and Casey asked the question, what's the biggest challenge facing your school? And I was the only one in, in the room that doesn't have a school right now. And I thought about just putting something generic, but I was like, no, I'm going to, this is, this is what's real to me right now. And I had two people like from the session come up and they're like, we're really proud of you that you're going back to the classroom. And they're like, don't worry, you'll find it. You'll find the right place. And, you know, Eric goes, what do you say? He said, you're the only guy who's been out of the classroom for a year who's gone to two PDs this year that you have not been teaching. So if that doesn't speak volumes right. about what you are, what you, who you are and what your goal is in education, nothing right. else will. And as a principal, right. if I was a principal and I'm looking saying you took a year off to pursue a, a philanthropic endeavor to, to get yourself better, to work on yourself, but yet still, you still kept up with what's going on in education. Yeah. You still talk to, think about how many educators we've had a conversation with. In the one, in the one tens. One tens, one, almost one, 120, yeah. close to 120 educators that we've had a conversation with all during this time that you have not been in the classroom. But you've been in there, really. I've been in a lot of them. You've been in a lot of because we've welcomed in people who've yeah. took us, taken us in their classroom. So, man, it, like I say, man, ah. It's good, man. We're I feeling good. So we're, uh, we're, we're fixing to get ready to have a little 90s, 90s party, a little 90s happy hour. Um, so, uh, yeah, man. But like I said, we, we can't speak highly enough, and we are not paid to advertise Teach Your Heart Out. Um, but it's a group of people and an event we believe in. So, um, uh, and... Um, you know, man, Eric posts it all the time. It's super easy to get the funding. I mean, and there are, you know, through donors choose or something like that, but there are a lot of teachers here who, if you get out ahead of it and submit it to your school, that, that they're going to, uh, especially our Texas teaching friends out there, October, uh, we'll be in San Antonio. Be excited. So, uh, we're going to wrap this, uh, part one of the, uh, teach your heart out debrief and, Talk with you again soon. Day two, Teach Your Heart Out Atlanta, in the books. What are your initial thoughts on day two? I can say honestly, 100%, it did not disappoint. It did not disappoint. Uh, And I can say that it is exceeding expectations. Um, Whenever you can get 500 like-minded educators in the same place, some of them giving up their spring break uh, to come out and to grow and to develop and to become better, uh, better educators. And what we've heard, kind of the recurring theme uh, throughout the whole thing, is just really a better person because of what they do. And I think that's really what our mission is. So it's it's, it's kind of a natural 
organic partnership with us and the Teacher Heart Out crew because that's our whole mission is to inspire teachers and return value back to our teaching craft. And the only way you do that is by bettering teachers. One thing that stood out to me that I felt like was maybe a little more prevalent than when we were in Las Vegas is the willingness of the presenters to be honest about the situation. Like there were like Jed today was just not afraid to discuss that there were some, that there are some bad teachers out there and there are a lot of them. And, you know, he referenced them as squirrels, which I thought was fantastic. But although you felt uplifted and it was upbeat and positive, I feel like the second time around, there was a lot more realism maybe isn't the right word, but maybe more of like a reality check. Or maybe it was just the sessions that I went to were different and you know. But I think the focus is definitely on bringing that connection piece back to education. And I, I mean, like, that's like I said, that was the recurring theme throughout everything is connecting, 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 communication, connecting, communication, connecting. And I think that as educators, we have to, we have to be able to do that. Like we cannot sit on the sidelines and let other people determine when we connect and how we connect with each other. We have to, you know, Gary Brooks started it out perfectly. He said, what did you do when you were in school, middle school, high school, when you, when you, um, what do you do when you, when you, when people didn't get you? It was simple. We found people who got us. And I think that we, this is what this community of teachers, is this community for everybody? Absolutely not. There are some teachers who, no matter how much you want to push them to that place, they won't get there. Simply. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, this is a tribe that if you want to be better and you want to be around teachers who will help you become better, you know, and I'll tap into my, 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 theological studies that says iron sharpens iron. And, you know, my, my, my pastor used to always say, you cannot sharpen iron with a, with a Q-tip or a cotton ball or a piece of denim or a piece of cotton. It has to be sharpened on iron. And I feel right. like that is what happens when we come here. And not just, and I know some people are probably a little maybe put off by the name and they misunderstand it. it. It is teach your heart out, but it's, it's not fluff. Mm -hmm. It is real world. Some of the most, and I told Eric this, you know, cause he brought up in his session that, you know, I'm a teacher that's been out of the classroom the last you know, nine months and I've been to two of these and I can say without hesitation that I'm a better, I will be a better teacher going in this next year than I was the prior year or any other year. And I told you this and I've told people, this is the first, I feel better about going into, I'm more excited and feel more capable as a teacher going back in the classroom this coming year than I've ever felt. 
And it's because I know that when things get hard or things get tough, that I have a group of people that I can lean on, not just for moral support, but who are practitioners of that craft who, when I have difficult times, I can reach out to them and say, Hey, this is what's going on with me. What do you think I should do? Can you connect me with someone who's doing it? And the best part of this conference is it's teachers who are all out there doing it and like going hard in the paint. And I think whenever you have teachers who are still practitioners and they're bringing that real world scenario and that real world um, realness to, to a training, it's not someone who's giving you theoretical. These are things that you can take back right now today because these are things that they probably just did yesterday. You know, the number of teachers that we met that are from Georgia you know, um, that are here and them saying, you know, man, you know, this is, this is awesome. I can go back and do this tomorrow. Or, you know, I set in the uh, lower level math stations um, training with, with uh, Vera. And when I set in there, you know, purposely because I'm saying as a sixth grade middle school teacher, I still need to understand the inner workings of what kids come from. So I went to a session that was below my grade level in order to enhance what I do with my grade level because some things just should never go out of style. You know, some things should never go out of style as far as, you know, some things in teaching. Mm-hmm. Man, what else? I mean, and just, you got to kind of talk about Mike, or not Mike, Blake. That was such, I mean, that is such a, different experience not different experience because it happened before but man to to have connected with someone like him just kind of explain a little bit about who he is and what you were thinking ah man um meeting blake man that last night i I shared with him and we talked had him on the had him recorded with him earlier um i told him that i believe that he was the reason that we came to um, I believe everything happens by the divine appointment. Some stuff doesn't come across your doorstep because it's just not time for you to do it. Uh, and I think with the direction that we're going with the MAC program and the direction we're trying to go with uh, enhancing education in the classroom, and even for me, you know, in the classroom, you going back into the classroom next year, um, it really, um, meeting him, man, it, it, was, it was really, uh, it was divine, man. It, he, he, his spirit, his energy is just infectious, man. And and I know, you you know, we, we, we talked before, like, you know, we hadn't really seen him. And then all of a sudden we saw him last night and you all connected because you had on the same jersey. No, we, had, we know, each had we on each basketball had on Basketball jerseys. jerseys with the shirt, t-shirts underneath, which was a typical 90s style, but you were the only two guys in there did that. And when he introduced me to his, you know, his product that he was pro- the prototype of his product, and the fact that he actually raps, like he rap raps, like like legit raps, like we does just shows. Record, we just recorded our our opening um, for our, our new opening for our and podcast. you will you will have, when this goes out you will have heard it so, so that. And we'll post the process also yeah. so that you can see the process because, again, it was truly organic. We sat there. We had a conversation. 
set the phone, found a track, um, toyed around with the idea, pushed some ideas around, developed it, boom, and we were ready to go. And I think when you have situations like that, we really can learn from each other how we can integrate things that our kids are doing already. You know, how many, think about how many kids across this country who sit up and make beats. You know, I watch kids do it with pencils and pens, you know, making beats on the table and, you know, rapping and freestyling, you know, everybody want to have bars now is what they call it. Um, and to see how that can be integrated into a learning experience for our students in a way that that's beneficial and uplifting that it, it, it really, I'm, I'm so, I hope that when he hears this, um, that he understands that, that that this is not, this wasn't a one and done, that we're gonna, it, it, it's it's the beginning of a good collaboration between us and and everything that he has going in his, in his, in his space. So yeah, going forward on the teacher heart out front, man, um, we're gonna be with them uh, on a cruise to Bahamas this June. Pretty excited about that, but we're really going to start pushing everybody who can, everybody who's interested, anybody who can do anything to get to San Antonio San October. Antonio. Yeah. Um, it's going to be amazing, especially our friends who taught with us or know us from Texas. Get y'all over there to... No excuses because you can drive. It's a three-hour drive from Houston to San Antonio. If you're in Austin, it's a one-hour drive. You're in San Marcos, it's a 30-minute drive. I mean, if you're in Dallas, it's a four-and-a-half-hour drive. It's a simple fact. Just get there. You say, I don't have the money. Well, guess what? You can go to Donors Choose, create a project. Have them do it. Invite your friends to donate. They do matching. Go go through. Well, first, try to go through your district and get See it approved. It, absolutely. There were a lot of people here with district sent entire teams like 10 teachers at a time from one school from one school and i think that sends a powerful message from that school and that district as to what it is we're trying to do and again this is all about the culture of education again this is not a a we're going to beat you down with content or we're going to beat you down with um and not saying again i'm a math teacher content is important and i love the fact that they talked about that earlier, that to be a great educator, you have to be knowledgeable in your content area. To be a great educator, you have to know pedagogy. Um, and, you know, but also to be a great educator, you have to have the heart for what you do. You have to have the heart for what you do. And if you don't have the heart, then my question is, why are you doing it? And please don't use the excuse that your district would never approve it or your district would never approve the time off or whatever it is. I mean, cause that's the thing, like anything great and this conference is great is going to take work. I mean, whether it's work to put in your own money to make some extra money and get here or whether it's, you know, to work to put in a donor's choose or work to, you know, like really run up the chain of command in your school to get, the funding you need, but whatever you got to do, um, if you want to be better and you want to be a part of a, a community of teachers who is trying to make the world a better place by doing what's best for kids, 
And really, you know, the other thing that really stood out to me is how many times people were like, you know what, you should be on Instagram posting the great things you do. Like, it's time to shine. And that was one of the overall messages of this conference was you gotta, you gotta do the work. You you gotta do the work, but when you're doing the work, you gotta let people know, you gotta really get out and say like, this is who I am. This is what we're doing. This is what we believe. Otherwise, like Jed Derryberry said today, you know, the, the teachers who are bad are the ones who are speaking for the teaching profession right now. And Gary V says it best when he says, you know, it's the, it's the loud people that makes the most noise. And so the quite, quite naturally, the one who makes the most noise are the ones that people are hearing. So it's time for Wherever us. He says the, the negative people the are negative the ones people. that make the most like, noise. But it's time for, for teachers, for the good teachers, for the great teachers, for the stand-up teachers to stand up and really be heard and to really, really shine, like you said, shine. Yeah, so I think we'll wrap it up there for the Teacher Heart Out episode. We would love to see you at a Teacher Heart Out in the future. We would love to connect with you online. We would love for you to subscribe and like this podcast or leave us a review and a rating and if you want to be interviewed you want to be on here you want to tell your story rap about education just got to hit us up at um kyle or wilkie at the ledproject.com so will anything you want to wrap end it off with send it on just everybody go get it words of my good friend chip baker go get it